0: You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. It's wonderful that we've got Steve living with us and he's going to come and do our Bible reading this morning. So Nick is going to jump off the sofa. Nick is going to, and Steve is going to jump in a, in a place and he's going to read to us from John chapter 12. This is Palm Sunday. And so he's going to read us the story
1: from John. Thanks, Thank Steve. You. We're just discussing how... John gives half his book to Passion Week from John 11 right through to the end of the book. Um, I recommend reading it through this week as we uh, approach Easter. But this is John chapter 12. The triumphal entry. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the fuller Feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Mm. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Explanation mark! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your King is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realise that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous, miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him.
0: Great. Thanks as so much for reading that to us. It is Palm Sunday. And uh, some places in the world, this is known as Passion Sunday, Flower Sunday, Branch Sunday, Willow Sunday, or even Yew Sunday. But here in the UK, we call it Palm Sunday. Our kids are actually going to be looking at this as well. So when the kids sign in for their activity at 11.30, you'll be looking at this story. There are so many different ways of celebrating it, so many different facts about it. I wanted us just to pause for a moment and think a little bit about the story of Palm Sunday. It's actually recorded in all four gospel accounts in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. All four people that record the life of Jesus all tell us about this story. So it's obviously really important. We know from John 12 verse 1 that this was the week, literally the Sunday before Easter Sunday. So this time when these events were taking place. Jerusalem was the place to celebrate. In fact, when the Jews used to take this celebration, they used to say this year here." Next year in Jerusalem, it was almost this thing of actually we really want to be in the city of Jerusalem. We know from the story that there was a great crowd. (laughs) In lockdown, a great crowd is probably six people in one home. I I doubt if we have more than that in one place. But in Jerusalem, it was throbbing. Mm. In fact, 30 years later, Josephus, who was a historian, Mm. records that there was... 250,000 lambs killed for that one Passover. Well, we know that a lamb was shared between 10 people. And so there were something like two and a half million people rammed into the city for this event. It was the feast. The Jews celebrated many uh, occasions throughout the year. This one was the Passover. They were celebrating the release from slavery. The Egyptians, they've been slaves for them for 400 years. The Israelites are led out by Moses. The blood of the lamb is put on the doorposts. And then every year they've done this Passover celebration, remembering the faithfulness of God. The palm branches. This has actually become a national symbol for Israel. Uh, about 164 190 years before this event maccabees had cleansed the temple and stopped the invaders and all the people had waved palm branches in fact when the jews wanted to make a coin, almost in rebellion to their roman masters they put the palm leaf on there as the symbol so this was a, a symbol of them as a country It was a young donkey, not just a random animal taken. I guess nowadays the car that you drive reflects something about you. I actually went on to the Admiral insurance site and typed in the car that we have, a Sephira, to see what it said about us. A Sephira apparently is the car of a male, married man, employed and left-wing which I found really fascinating because the car belongs to my wife. (laughs) The young donkey, though, was really important. It was symbolic. You see, if we look back in the Bible, we know from 1 Kings 1 verse 33 that at the end of David's reign, when he is literally dying, he puts his son upon his mule and he is led out and they declare Solomon will become king. There is a picture almost of the son of David who rode on a young donkey. The word Hosanna is in the story. Literally, it means the God who saves. In those days, um, if, if a king had gone out and they'd uh, defeated an enemy, Or they've protected themselves. They used to have a big parade and literally they shouted, Hosanna, God has saved us. The Jews were looking for a Messiah that would set them free from their Roman oppressors. And here they are shouting, the God who saves. I wonder if on your walk during the last week, you've spotted some rainbows in windows. I wonder if maybe you've done some. I think it's great. So many kids have done pictures of rainbows and stuck them up in the windows. Well, you may also have noticed, if you're really clever, that some people have started putting teddy bears in their window. So when kids, I guess, primarily are out going for a wall, you can have a spot and see. There's actually the window opposite me in my house here in Hanwell. I can see two teddy bears in the window. I guess it's those that look carefully. And I want us to look carefully at this story because I've gone around some of the details, but actually, all the details say one thing. The Passover showed that God was a greater king than Pharaoh. The palm branches showed that uh, Judas and the Maccabees became king of Jerusalem rather than an oppressor. The donkey showed that this was someone who was the son of David the king. Hosanna said. God is king. I would like to suggest the main point of the story we're looking at this morning is the word king. In fact, in the passages that John quotes, he adds a word. One of the quotes comes from Psalm 118. It says this, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord from the house of the Lord. We bless you. He adds to that Bible quote. The line about the king. You see, the theme of the king has gone right throughout the book of John. In John chapter 1, the first chapter of the book, Jesus is calling his first disciples and he invites Philip and Nathanael to come follow him. In John 1 verse 49, we hear this. Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he was of the Jewish council. He came to Jesus. He had questions as well. Things that he was grappling with, trying to understand. Jesus replies to Nicodemus, very truly, I tell you, in John 3, verse 3, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. So again, there's this theme of the king coming. We then read in John chapter 6 that the crowd who were looking for a king wanted to take Jesus by force and make him their king, John 6 verse 15. But Jesus withdraws to a mountain by himself because that's not the kind of king he wants to be. We then read here in John 12 about Palm Sunday, as we call it. But it continues in the rest of the book of John. When Pilate is interviewing Jesus, because the Pharisees have handed him over to be crucified in John 18, he says, are you the king of the Jews? Good Friday, next week we'll be having a service together then at 10:30 that's the day we remember that jesus died the sign that was above his head on the cross according to john 19 was jesus king of the jews so i guess i'm zooming out from the story and you suddenly think there's been this theme right the way through the book of john who is the king I would like to even suggest that that is true throughout the whole Bible. And that if you took this book, one of the themes that runs the whole way through it is about God being the king and his kingdom. Vaughan Roberts has written a book called God's Big Picture and he plots this theme through. The Garden of Eden was the pattern of the kingdom. This was a people that was to know their creator. But when Adam and Eve chose to sin, the kingdom perished and the relationship was broken. Abraham was then called by God. This was almost the sense of a promised kingdom. And then we see with Moses and with David, something of the reign of God, but not the full kingdom. It's a partial kingdom. Tragically, the people of God uh, go their own way. They go into exile and the prophets come and encourage them and say, have hope. A king is coming. That's mm. why the Jews were looking for a Messiah. I guess that's maybe why they were waving the palm branches saying, is this the king? We then think about the New Testament. And I would say that the Gospels was Jesus demonstrating the kingdom of God. Mm. The letters that were written to the church were almost inspiring. This is the kingdom that we're to proclaim. And Revelation, the last book in the Bible, would say one day the king is returning and we'll all see him as God of all. Mm -hmm. Go back to the story. Jesus did not ride into Jerusalem to claim kingship. He already was the king. He was declaring his kingship. Mm. What kind of king is he? Well, I guess the first thing is, I think actions speak louder than words. There was a great crowd in Jerusalem. If, if Jesus was to try and shout, I don't know how many would have heard him, but it wouldn't have been everyone. But I guess by riding on this donkey, it was a very visible sign that could be seen by all. You see, I think it was a sign, number one, that Jesus is a king of peace. Mm. <laughs> Today, we think of the donkey, I guess, as something that's stupid or stubborn. If you've watched the film Shrek, <laughs> you think of a fast-talking fool. We all have heard of donkey <laughs> and the voice of Eddie Murphy, I guess. In the Bible, though, the donkey was much more a picture of service, suffering, peace, humility, even wisdom. There was a prophet in the Old Testament, Zechariah, that even spoke about a king coming on a donkey. In Zechariah 9, verse 9, it says, See your king comes to me, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey. I will take away the chariots of Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations." You see, when a king came on a horse, it was for war. When a king came on a donkey, it was for peace. The first thing we know about this king is he's a king of peace. The second thing I would say is that he is a king of victory. Death seems so harsh, so limiting, so unavoidable and so final. It's tragic, isn't it, every day seeing the numbers of dead. Yesterday, 4,300 more that have died just in the UK. In this story, Lazarus had died, had come alive. This was a clear picture of what was to come. Mm. Jesus is the king who can and will conquer death. Jesus is the king who conquers the fear of death and brings eternal hope. So he's a king of peace. He's a king of victory. I believe also that John tells us he's the king of the world. You see, the Pharisees in chapter 11 had been thinking, oh, this Lazarus is bad news. We need to kill him. Now they're suddenly thinking we need to kill him and Jesus. We've got to kill two people. They then say, look, the whole world is looking to go after this Jesus. John 3 told us in the first beginning that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Because actually, Jesus is here for everyone. It's not exclusive. It's not small. The invitation is to all. I guess in this time of the coronavirus, we can have many questions What is the planet trying to tell us? What is God trying to tell us? Have we been living in a wrong, unsustainable, unhealthy way? If as humans, have we messed up the world? What kind of king would Jesus be if we were to live for him? What kind of world would this be if we treated the world the way that we should, living under King Jesus? How would we treat the planet and other people if Jesus was our king? The story, your story, can you see the king today and how are you going to react? The crowd were intrigued, they loved the sign, but a week later, there's some talk of they were very fickle. The Pharisees were hostile and angry, they felt threatened by the king, they desperately wanted to find a way to get rid of him. The disciples even lacked a bit of understanding though the events of next weekend help bring clarity. I hope that you'll join us next Sunday as we look at the events of Easter. My prayer is that you would get to know the risen King better and better. Let's pray now. King Jesus, in this time of fear, give us your peace. In this time of isolation, Give us your presence. In this time of sickness, give us your healing. In this time of uncertainty, give us your wisdom. In this time of darkness, shine your light upon us. In your name. Amen.